0: welcome to box up banter i'm chris okamora joining me you know, as always the all-star himself this is jordan christmas how's it going jordan
1: it's a uh, thanks for that a uh, kind intro i'm gonna be watching yeah. two more days until i watch fellow all-star james harden play for the 76ers it's very exciting times i've been very much looking forward to the quote-unquote second half of the season even though there's only like 23 games left 20 it's always funny
0: that like all-star game comes and it's it's not so much the second half it's like the the last it's like the
1: 60 game point mark yeah (laughs) usually or something like that
0: yeah so it's 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 sort of i always i always treat it as like the the turn around the corner into the final stretch
1: yeah yeah same same it's, but um, um yeah i had some uh friends come over for the weekend so i didn't get to catch all star saturday which was oh you're uh, very lucky yeah i know the f- based on the reaction and the commentary on all star saturday it sounds like i didn't miss too much another year another season where we are crowning this dunk contest the, wor- the worst dunk contest of all time.
0: <laughs> I will say, though, I think that there is something to, um, there's something to ch- adjust to with the dunk contest rules that I think, like, I think, honestly, if you just make the dunk contest, like, if you have a rule that's, like, no props, or, like, no outside props, I think that would help a ton. Because at this point, people aren't really, like, i don't even oh. think
1: props will help because no
0: like like taking them away like my yeah no, my no, thing i is... know i
1: know oh yeah i don't even think taking away props solves the issue i think the issue is we just don't have the star power
0: in the dunk contest in the gut
1: in the dunk contest and even like and in, and i'm not even talking about like the superstars of the world right like uh, like in 26 the 2016 dunk contest is the bu- the best dunk contest of all time to me that's the best dunk contest i've ever sure. seen vince carter i think had the best performance but like if but you're he kind of ran away with it yeah he if came... you're, yeah if you're, co- you're kind of t- yeah exactly he ran away with it but if you're talking about overall contest dunk for dunk like zach levine and eric gordon put on the best dunk yeah. contest i've ever but, seen. like i would i would but say ever that, since like, then the... it's been i would i would argue that
0: like at the time and again, like you, you feel free to argue with me, I think at the time, like in 2016, I like when you're talking about star power, Zach Levine and Aaron Gordon are exactly star. Yeah, power. Yeah, that's
1: that's my point. Like, like, that's what <laughs> I'm saying. Yeah, that's that's what I'm saying. Like, you don't need superstars or the or bigger marquee players in this dunk contest. You need guys that, you know, the casual fans are familiar with because, you know, they jump really fucking high, right?
0: Yeah. But like see my thing is right now and I don't know if you caught the highlights or anything or like even I think it's the lowlights. I don't know if you <laughs> caught them, but like they miss, the the people that were dunking all the contestants miss miss so many dunks.
1: That's the other thing too. You got to remember the thing is, a lot like, of attempts.
0: Well, that's the thing. Like, once you once they miss so many dunks, like they're focusing so much on the spectacle and like the gimmick, that it's mm. not about dunking anymore, right? Like, it's just about like, oh, here's this, here's like, you know, whatever my gimmick is, I'm gonna jump over a car, or I'm gonna jump, I mean, whatever, right? Like, if you take that away and you get back to like, okay, here's the pure, it sounds like elitist, but like you get back to the pure form of dunking, where it's just like, yeah, can I fly a through fine, the air? The that...
1: Fine art of dunking.
0: You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> as soon as you get as soon as you can get back to like here's a here's like me flying through the air and like you are know, trying to do something cool. You know, I kind I, of
1: agree with you because not because like I, I'm thinking back to like the most overrated dunk of all time, which was Blake Griffin jumping over a Kia. He didn't even yeah, jump he jumped over, over the, the, Kia. the horizontal he jumped, way. He jumped over the hood of the car. Yeah. Like, that's not even That's not hard. Like Okay, yes, I, I admit I, I I am in no, like, I am in no shape or, you know, form to talk about me dunking over the hood of a car. That is still very fucking hard, but, like...
0: Oh, um, what I mean, like, relative to NBA players, relative, that is very like, fucking I don't, easy. That,
1: I don't know, that dunk was just, that, that was always an overrated dunk to me. But, like, 100%. you're getting, like, Jalen Green, Juan Toscano Anderson, Obi Toppin, I thought, was a good like contestant
0: oh the best dunk of the night was him tapping the the backboard and then dunking
1: yeah but great you, dunk but um, uh, i i also saw the clip i i admit i've seen the dunk contest in clips so like cole anthony dunking in thames like that would have been cool if the all-star game was like in new york just for like the uh because you know new yorkers love to yeah. rock their Tim's and stuff but like that i doubt dunk really didn't do it for me either like i don't know like I've, i i'm kind of glad i skipped out on all-star saturday night um did want to see the three-point contest but did didn't get to see that and uh that was but, uh, great shout out three to point contest
0: has been better than the uh he's been has been better than the dunk contest for a very long time though.
1: yeah for like basically since 2016 <laughs> yeah um uh, I saw, I don't know if you saw the Reddit post where it was like the, I don't agree with it necessarily, but I understand the premise of the post. But it was like the NBA literally peaked in 2016 because we had the greatest NBA finals comeback ever. We had the greatest dunk contest ever. The Warriors went 173 games and that was like the craziest team, the most fun team I've seen um, the 2016 three-point contest was lined up with J.J. Reddick, Stephen Curry, Klay Thompson, all, all Devin yeah, Booker. Yeah, everyone that you would want, right? Like, yeah. every, like it, everything peaked in 2016. For All-Star Weekend, for All-Star Saturday, I might have to agree with that. Like, it's been a minute since I've been, like, enthralled with a NBA All-Star Saturday and, you know, not spending most of my time, like, doing other shit, you know? yeah
0: no i'm I'm with you 100 so yeah it, i i don't know all-star saturday needs uh needs a revamp needs a refresh i actually really like the skills competition but even that was you know they they did a really weird dating show for this for this one which is really odd and like off-putting weird. and that wasn't even what i said weird <laughs> Yeah, I mean, they had Steph and Ayesha Curry up there doing, like, a dating show game against another co- NBA couple. Hmm. It was very odd.
1: Yeah, like, I'm going to be completely honest. Like, I haven't even, like, watched 90% of the highlights from All-Star Weekend, so... Um, yeah, it it that, was very bad. When I saw that, I do, that was, I, that do
0: wanna, I do want to talk about Sunday, though, because Sunday was Sunday lit. was awesome,
1: yeah. <laughs> I definitely um, didn't miss the All-Star game.
0: No, the like and again the if the first like quarter first, I I tweet yeah. I tweeted about it because it was something that was really funny to me of like, come on guys, can we at least pretend like we're trying here? Cause they were just kind of like opening the floodgates and mm. letting people go down the lane and do whatever. It was a close and first then, quarter though. Yeah. And then, the and then and then all of a sudden <laughs> Steph went off. <laughs> yeah. It was and started uh... just <clears throat> And again, I know it's an all-star game and like people are half trying, but it's not like they're, it's not like these are easy shots. And Bro, it's not like, like... <laughs> Steph
1: was pulling up from half court. Like, I don't care what any form we're watching. Like people watch Stephen Curry fucking shoot threes in light in uh, a ups. Like people, yeah. you, people crowd the stadium early to watch Stephen Curry warm up. So like any form of basketball environment where Stephen Curry is shooting, like I'm going to watch. <clears throat>
0: Yeah, and it's the thing of, like, dude, I, I was watching him take these shots. And, like, again, I don't know. Have you seen Steph in person? Like, have you have, have gone to Warriors I have,
1: game? I have once, and that one time he was, like, 4 of 20 or something like that. Dude,
0: like, so you, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. So, like, when you watch Steph in person, it is one of the most frustrating things to watch as, like, coming from a defensive, like, the defensive end. It is so frustrating to watch. Cause it's something that you really can't get the sense of on TV of like how off how much he's moving, and how like you could play actually solid and good defense, and he's just gonna make the shot anyway. Yeah, he's the best. Like,
1: he's the best off ball superstar ever. Like, and like,
0: dude, it's the thing where like you, <laughs> he's taking these shots, in the, and again, it's an All Star game, so like they're like half trying. But dude, they're at, the, at a certain point, they're like, all right, this is ridiculous. Like, no,
1: like they were doubling like, and tripling stuff yeah, at one point. Like, yeah, they're like they're, let's. Let's the, like
0: lock in here a little bit, guys. And then like at, I think it was the. Them.
1: I think it the third quarter. It was the fifth three after after it was after the three that Steph hit, where he pumped fake Trey Young at near half court and then shot it. Then turned around while the ball was still halfway and to the basket him. and ran back. And it was it was a uh, it was after that three he came down and. Jason Tatum and Joel Embiid immediately jumped Steph like on a screen from a, yeah. on a handoff from DeRozan they're like no we're not letting you get this deep <laughs> three but then Steph pump faked and moved in for a easier three like 16 threes and I wanted him to get the scoring record so bad like I that like he was trying he was uh he was 16 of 21 at one point
0: yeah it's or, disgusting. or
1: something like that and then he missed like seven straight or whatever um to try to get the record which you know sucked but i guess his legs were sapped understandably but uh but that yeah, was the, that was awesome
0: and the thing is like he it's, <clears throat> he's not hitting rim on these like he's he's these are splashing like these aren't <laughs> he's not hitting yeah. rim
1: yeah and uh it overshadowed <laughs> i like what was it about Midway through the second quarter, I was thinking, oh shit, Joel Embiid might win the all-star MVP. Like, he is hitting step-back threes. He's dunking the ball. Like, he, like him and Giannis were clearly the only two players that I, gave a shit yeah. about the game. <laughs> and then Steph just went absolutely nuclear. And I loved... Like seeing Steph go off with LeBron and Jokic on the team because LeBron and Jokic oh, it's were so much just fun fighting. to watch. they're yeah. they just like, all right, we're gonna drive to the basket and just throw our no look passes because we know where everybody is. You know.
0: Yeah, and again, like wa- watching LeBron and Jokic play together. Steph aside, like watching those two play together, the passing, the ball zipped around so it was so much fun to watch.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep, and then um, it was. I didn't see the uh top seventy five ceremony like live while it was happening. I watched it after and um well, it was
0: it it got to me. Like was it was it up. was
1: it was really cool. It was also just sad just seeing, you know, Kobe announced posthumously. I still can't yeah. I wrap mean, it, my head it, around that.
0: What kills me was like the they show the Kobe thing and then they do the zoom in on uh Vanessa. mm mm-hmm. Yeah, it killed, like me. the
1: quick the quick like camera zoom or whatever yeah yeah, yeah that was Killed me but um, um it was been... it was really cool just seeing you know everything about that um yeah. lebron and jordan embracing um even though there was that viral clip of kg making like a face like he was holding back and ray you know? allen like yeah he was holding back <laughs> wanting to punch ray allen before the ceremony like paul pierce actually took an instagram picture and a, did an instagram story of ray allen and kg kind of talking and then they took a picture together the big three took a picture together it seems like it's thawing out a little bit but knowing kg and the psycho competitor that he is he's probably never gonna let that shit go no Um, way but um it was just really cool to see everybody like the that was the other the back to kobe like that the other thing that like made me realize like shit like kobe like isn't really isn't here is like uh all the laker legends took picture a picture together, together yeah and kobe was like they were they left a they gap left a for, spot in the middle they left the spot in the middle for kobe like that that shit that shit kind of ate at me like it was it yeah was, did it, you see it, the
0: people <clears> that did the edits too that they put him in there
1: yeah i i so did it's,
0: it's great like, and and, like and I, i've
1: hated the lakers growing up and i and i feel this way like because kobe was a kobe was a great player and an iconic player and it just sucks that he wasn't he, that he's thing, not here. Like
0: the thing is with the NBA, the NBA's been really lucky that like all of their superstars, like most of their icons are still alive. And yeah. like, you know, there's really there really hasn't been any huge tragedies in the NBA. Like most like all of the big superstars that have passed away are kind of are older. They old. like, yeah, they were yeah, old, like yeah. so like Kobe Santa, the first one where you know he's the only he's the he's the only like very, very important NBA figure that has passed away young. Yeah it was 40 years young yeah so I mean it's unfortunate and like I will say though that my dad brought up a good point that he just wants footage of all the shit talk that was going on like
1: oh did you see michael you see challenge magic challenge one-on-one? to one-on-one and his was, face was dead ass serious like, yeah. if you look at the face at the end of the video like and
0: you can tell you could tell magic was fucking around and then jordan was like we can go one-on-one we can go right now like, <laughs> and gary
1: payton who was standing next to magic when he said that you just hear gary payton in the background go damn <laughs> like, like damn it's like the dude, off rip uh, dude you want smoke already <laughs>
0: not not even joking i would watch a legends one-on-one tournament at the all-star game saturday more than i would watch any of this fucking dunk contest shit <laughs>
1: yeah, I, I don't even know if i would go that far i don't want to see pulled hamstrings and pulled and torn calves because uh, oh, old just... ass people are trying <laughs> to play one-on-one <101. laughs> if they just played to five
0: and like they're if kind they... of around like i would still watch to five
1: if they played to five
0: yeah if they played a five and like i would watch kareem skyhook a dude real quick like
1: he could still do that i don't know if that would be over too fast but it might but that might be the right length because these guys are so old that yeah might, like i guess yeah. i would
0: i would watch larry hit a three like no you wouldn't
1: trust me i don't i don't know when's the last time larry shot a basketball yeah. <laughs> the only thing that stopped larry he, by, by the way
0: was, do- do you see? Do you see? Uh, did you see Richard Jefferson fucking burn the shit out of Kendrick Perkins?
1: I did. Uh, <laughs> wait, which time? Because he's done it a so, lot. When?
0: When? Uh, they were like, "Oh, when's the last time you played basketball or whatever?" And Richard Jefferson was like, "Oh, after I retired. Like, I, did, you know, I haven't played since I retired." And then they were like, "What about you, Perk?" And, and and Richard Jefferson steps in. And he goes, "Oh, about two years before he retired." <laughs>
1: I did see that one. I that one was pretty that one was pretty good. Um but yeah, no, uh the the game its I think the All Star games have been better since they've added the Elam ending. Now they've made some yeah, tweaks to great. it and stuff, but the Kobe the, rule? the Elam the Elam ending has just been it's been it's really like saved like the All Star game too a little bit. And not that it for me at least it didn't I understood like the competition aspect of it was lacking and that was annoying, but yeah. um, I would still watch it for like the dunks and the highlights and the players having fun and stuff. Yeah. I um, mean,
0: again, like it's just, it's unique that it we get all the that,
1: players like having like together. Right. Yeah. But it, the all-star game needed that slight competitive edge that we saw in the early two thousands for me, like, growing Oh yeah. Up. Like it, well, and I the think the ending has added that.
0: So like, I like I like the drafting teams thing. I think it just makes them more even. But I do there too. Is, makes for great TV is, too. There is something, there is something to like the you're playing for your conference and that you're trying to prove that your conference is better.
1: Yeah, can,
0: there is yeah. there is a there is a element to that that we lose where like oh you just clearly want you're playing for like your conference's pride. Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> there is an element to that that you lose and like that was a to me at least a big part of like the early 2000s of the 90s ones yeah. where when mm-hmm. you watch it you're like oh these guys clearly think that like
1: One these people are yeah.
0: yeah like these people are below him below them and they shouldn't lose <laughs> like
1: yep um but the draft the i do like the draft format it also makes for great tv because charles barkley will just talk shit to uh, the whole time the whole time <laughs> right to lebron and yeah. kevin Durant or Giannis's face because Giannis was the captain the other i think two times kevin durant's been the captain the three other times lebron's been captain five straight times which is you know it just shows his power six now i
0: thought he's six and oh now
1: no he's five and
0: oh okay i thought he was five and going into the game
1: uh they might be uh he might be i'm not sure uh time is a construct (laughs) right now especially these last two years (laughs) but
0: uh Uh, but yeah he's uh i i I like the format i i love that they added the the ilim the kobe rule i think i i I really enjoy that they make it 24 points mm. um and i you know uh i don't know if you saw the the kobe bryant mvp trophy it looks fantastic yeah
1: the uh, the kobe bryant mvp trophy looks really cool Uh, yeah and you know it was it was also kind of cool that's Steph gets to add an All-Star MVP to his trophy case. And never All-Star MVPs never really well maybe when I was like an early teenager when I thought that shit mattered when it actually doesn't but <laughs> No, I, they're just fucking around. <laughs> but um but it is I do think it's cool that players get to add when a player gets to add the All-Star MVP case or trophy to the trophy case because at the end of these games you do get to see like you know as the best players of the world who are they going to defer to when it's yeah when it's you know crunch time and it was yeah. cool to see well, once again joel and Bede carrying a team <laughs> especially down the stretch they went it was crazy they act they went to him and they were um you know shading the paint and all that yeah. stuff when Embiid was in the on the post um but um it's cool whenever somebody gets to add that All Star MVP to their trophy case. It adds to the legacy a little bit, but not too much for me. I don't really factor that in. But it's not nothing, you know.
0: Yeah, no, I, I, I don't think it's nothing at all. I think, I think it's, I think it's a cool nod to have and a feather in your cap, and like, especially now that, uh,
1: like if we're MVP... if we're doing comparisons of players, I'm not gonna bring up All Star no. MVPs. As no, but a part I think I calculus. think it's, it's
0: something cool to add, and like I think now. You're gonna. I think making Kobe the like the symbol of this of this trophy, I think is going to make a lot of players try harder to get it.
1: Yeah, that yeah that 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 is a element I never thought about, but that is true, right? Um, like
0: you're telling me Devin Booker and Jason Tatum and especially Kyrie for, like, Irving first, like, don't yeah 15 don't want years of this trophy. yeah don't yeah. don't want the Kobe Bryant trophy. You know what I'm saying? Like. Yeah. <laughs> Well, all the like, all know, these younger kids want this Kobe Bryant trophy. Like, Kyrie right Irving
1: never decides to, you know, not be a dumbass. But
0: well, uh, apparently, coming out this morning that uh, New York is lifting the mask mandate soon. Yeah, um, or so. they're roll. Yeah, they're rolling it back. Uh, yeah, the so next so he's going days. to be. Uh, he's going to be allowed to play home games soon.
1: Yeah. I I saw some Nets beat reporter tweet like if only Harden had waited just a few more weeks or like that's the only issue like (laughs) that was the only issue going on in Brooklyn. Not with not, you know, Harden carrying the load or the Nets rotation players skewing big or Kyrie, not just the vaccine stuff, but saying stupid shit like, oh, you know, I wish you know. Uh, it's frustrating that we haven't been able to be together and like co- be, be able to gain chemistry <laughs> together. It's like, oh, gee, I wonder what the simple solution to that problem is that you're so worried about, Kyrie. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Um, oh, and then Kevin Durant's injury and stuff. Like, yeah. But there's just there's more factors to it. Yeah. Yeah, there is more factors to it than Harden just waiting a couple of weeks. But um, w- so <clears throat> it's what. We're like 25-odd games out before the season's over. Um, the All-Star break is now past. The NBA is resuming tomorrow or, thir- or today, if you're listening, um, on a Thursday. Um, what exactly are you looking for in particular? What are you watching for as the season winds down? So
0: my big question is injuries. And how how teams start to plan around them, and work around them, and ramp up into the playoffs, and get ready for kind of the the home stretch here. Uh, you know, with with all hopefully keeping all their pieces intact. I think the Chris Paul injury was huge, and I think like just given the way the Suns are playing, I think they'll be fine, and I think they'll be okay. But I mean, coming down the stretch, I think you have to have Chris Paul healthy to to you know hit he your might full have personal, gotten
1: injured at the quote-unquote right time if there's a ver- yeah a right time to get injured because sure. he would be slated to come back towards the end of the season um, right right the, before the playoffs yeah right before the playoffs he would have he up, he would have
0: mathematically speaking he would have about a week or two to ramp up which again i i don't know if you're playing six weeks without him how does your chemistry flow? What what's going on? Like again, I just have questions about how teams manage injuries and like how hard they go or wh- how they adjust. Uh and again, I think the Suns have the depth to survive without Chris Paul in the time being. For the time being. But oh, they um, have
1: more than enough to survive yeah, without Chris Paul. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. They they have a ton of depth. He's it's important.
1: Just, you can't yeah. win the title without Chris Paul. I don't think the Suns yeah. are the My
0: thing is my thing is like if you run into I don't know. If you're in the playoffs and you, you know, you run into a team that's getting hot or you know, some kind of some something happens. Like if like, the Suns is,
1: ran into the Grizzlies or the Warriors without Chris yeah, Paul, I'd be concerned.
0: Yeah, like is he going to be ready to go? Is he going to be in shape and ready to go by the time he, they start to run into these teams that are scary? Yeah. Right? <clears throat> um, right. and again, like these are all kind of questions, but again, it comes down to again my question of all right, there's injuries happening around the league. It's, we're getting to that time of the year <laughs> um how do teams manage those like and how do they more
1: injuries than normal especially on top yeah. of the coronavirus stuff
0: 100 and so yeah to me it's like okay how does how do teams manage this and how do you how do they all progress and like how does it affect the playoff picture and like kind of the right. what we see for this back half so to speak right like did some teams take it easy like because the suns have a you know the suns are pretty comfortably in having an upper seat, like, do they take it a bit easy? Do they start pressing harder to try to secure that number one seed? Like are you? I think they got the number it? one
1: seed unlocked. They're six yeah, seeds so like, ahead of the Warriors. So So you
0: know, so do you try to take it easy? Do you try to like lock it in as soon as possible and then like start no. sitting people? Do you like how do you how do they manage? Think, I don't it?
1: think this team is wired that way. Um, no,
0: but like again, you have to start asking these questions if you're like, Okay, well we don't have our we don't have a our you know our our leader, so to speak. So okay, let's see if let's see if we can kind of wind down and then sort of time it right so we ramp up towards the end of the playoffs or towards the end of the season and into the playoffs, right? Or like, do they use do they use a first round series to like fucking beat the shit out of some some like eighth seed? Like, what you know, what do they do?
1: Yeah, um, I I I don't see the Suns like still slowing down. I think Devin Booker's a psycho competitor um I think this team's team's makeup is just they have a team full of psychos I think Chris Paul said it well on JJ Reddick's podcast recently like the whole team is full of sickos and I think they really want to try to break the Suns franchise record for wins um because that's on the table as well this team's just a well-oiled machine so the Chris Paul injury for the regular season um it it doesn't really concern me all that much but when it comes to the playoffs and the deeper rounds they need they absolutely need him or i don't, yeah. I don't think they can uh i don't think they will they will win the championship without chris paul sure. um no i'm well. 100% with
0: you. i think the i think my question is more like how are you using the regular season to ramp up for your playoffs yeah. how are you using your regular season to to set up your team for a deeper run right and like that's yeah. more more of my question not so much how like how they're going to finish the regular season, but so yeah. more so like, you know, how are you using this time, this these last two months here to to, to prepare?
1: Right. Um, I'm looking for, uh, because some of these teams since the new year have really turned it around or and have also gotten healthy. So I'm going to be watching the Boston Celtics and the Dallas Mavericks. I think the Celtics have had the best net rating in the week since the new year. They figured some also, stuff.
0: Also, since getting rid rid of Porzingis, since they don't have to do the uh, the post up touches for Porzingis anymore, yeah, Luke is going off,
1: yeah. Um, but with the Celtics, um, they figured some stuff out. Marcus Smart is playing better as a distributing point guard, so to speak. Jason Tatum has also been playing back to his normal efficiency. I think the Derek White addition is really good because he's a quick passer. He can move the ball and stuff like that. Um. And it's an absolute upgrade over Josh Richardson. Um, so the Celtics are kind of playing like the team that I thought they would be just this big switchy team with led by the two wings. Um, they've been on fire. They dismantled the 76ers uh, last Tuesday, um, which was not fun. I just immediately checked out of the game. Once it got to like 25 by like midway through the second quarter, I was like, all right, this game's cooked. Um <laughs> The Celtics have been playing really well, and Ime Yudoka, Ime Yudoka has seemed to finally not reach his players. I think it just took some time. Because remember, we did a podcast about trading the Jays, and I wasn't really for trading the Jays. Yeah. Um, I'm not really for breaking up two clear, like, star players, star level players that are paired together. That, you know, they're not the perfect fit, but I think they fit well enough together. They're two two way wings that can provide a lot and can do a lot on both ends of the floor um so the celtics have really turned it around and like you said with the mavericks um porzingis post-up numbers early on in the season were really fruitful like i was kind of surprised because they have been usually bad but as the season's gone along he fizzled out in that category and also he's been injured and while it was never i talked about this in my video yesterday but while um on my youtube channel but while it's not while it was never not lucas team like he clearly has full reins of the franchise there is something to be said when you trade for another talented player and you don't see eye to eye with the franchise star and yeah. having to feed poor zingas some touches um it just when- the flow right yeah, it messes up the flow a little bit. Porzingis never wanted to be like a pick and pop big strictly, which would be great with Luca, right? Because the floor is just spaced out. Uh, but even despite that, I have to I have to give it up for Jason Kidd. I did not expect a Jason Kidd. I <laughs> I saw a comment today where it was like I did not expect a Jason Kidd uh, coaching redemption arc in this season, but here we are. Even making some great adjustments, man. Like how do the Mavs have a top six defense in the league this year and a top two defense since the new year when their roster profile doesn't suggest that they are top six defense Dorian Finney-Smith is good he's a good defender but he's like the Royce O'Neill for the Jazz like if he's your best defender that is a sign of trouble I think yeah especially if you're aspiring to be an elite defense but they have Dorian Finney-Smith Um, Maxi Kleba provides versatility on that end of the floor, um, as well. Dwight Powell, he's has familiarity with the system. Frank Nilakina is a good defender, but he only plays 12 minutes a game. Josh Green, the second year guard, he's getting frisky. He can, you know, play some defense and make passes, but
0: he's getting frisky.
1: Like, yeah. Um, (laughs) yeah, yeah, I kind of said that wrong, but we're sticking with it. Uh, he, the second year player has been more frisky this year, um, Luka's big, but he's never been a good defender. But he's a little more active this year. Jalen Brunson is short and stocky, but you know he's not—he's not a great defender either. They just don't have the profile of a great defensive team. But because they are getting back in transition, and because um, they are doing the modern defense where they allow—they allow teams to take. They let teams take a lot of mid-range shots and limit the shots at the three in the rim. The Mavericks basically have picked all the low-hanging fruit off the tree, and they're a really good defense. And the reason I'm watching them is because, well, Luka's going to be the wild card because he's a tier one bona fide franchise superstar. We all could agree there. And that player, if you have a player like that, especially that young, he can dominate a series by himself. Seen it, Twice. and we've seen it. And the Clippers—they were the worst matchup for the Mavs because they had a bunch of wings that they could throw at Luka, and also they had Kawhi and Paul George. <laughs> and it <right>? didn't matter. <laughs> it still didn't matter. But the Clippers won because they just had two—they had two giant wing superstar players, right? That's not the case this year. And if the Maverick right now. The Mavericks are the fifth seed. They would play the Jazz, the fourth seeded Jazz oh, in the think first round. Smoking the I smoking the Jazz. <laughs> I wouldn't go far as to smoke the Jazz, but I would pick the Mavs in a series, in that series. And it would they would have no answer for Luka. None. Like, Royce O'Neal is, like, the only credible answer. The rest of the Jazz's perimeter defenders, just sieves, garbage, all over. Like, Luka will eat them alive. So, like... They can make a dark horse run to the conference finals if the matchups break right for the Mavericks because they have that type of player like remember when LeBron unexpectedly made it to the conference finals and then yeah. the finals like Zach Lowe well, has talked about the this shit before. out of the Pistons? It, like Zach Lowe has talked about this before before the season started, but like Luka is that type of player, and you just can't toss the Mavericks out because of that. My concern with the Mavericks is. When it comes to their defense in the playoffs, yeah, they're doing, they're scheming up, they're they're coaching them up, they're putting the right scheme around the players. Their roster still doesn't have the defensive profile of like they're an elite no, defense. I think, and so I think I, teams will I just pick that, them apart. Will pick out mismatch. They'll pick out certain mismatches and just pick on that over a seven game series. And that's sure. my concern.
0: I think my my thing with the Mavs defensively right now is it's sort of the. uh last year's Knicks syndrome where they were just playing harder and hustling more than the other teams.
1: Yeah. And they also got lucky. I think I saw some stat where they, the opponents like shot like a bad percentage from three, but a lot of it was luck based. Yeah. It was all wide open misses, right? Yeah. But
0: yeah. yeah. So, I mean, to me, it's a thing of increased hustle and energy during the regular season but like during the playoffs everyone's giving that same amount of energy and hustle where okay now now what do you have like if you're that's why i always laugh at like oh we're a high energy team okay great you're a high energy team you're gonna win a lot of regular season games because teams just aren't high energy in the regular season but like once you hit the playoffs like every team yeah. high energy like it doesn't like what do you have then
1: <laughs> exactly and that's why that's why i wouldn't be so quick to dismiss a Jazz team in the series against the Mavericks. I'd still pick them to win, but, like, the Jazz have a great offense, and I think over a seven-game series, the Jazz would just find, you know, they would put Luka in a lot more actions. They would put uh, Dwight Powell in a lot more actions, Um, you know, things like that. Uh, But at the same token, you have Luka Doncic, who's averaged, like, 42-10-10 in the last yeah, two series different. against the Clippers alone. Like it, he's, he's really, he's really special. And so those are the two teams I'm going to be watching. Cause they've really turned it around since the new year. Uh, it seemed like Celtics fans were just checked out early on in the season. They're like, "Up, oh, this team doesn't have it like, you know, fucking pack it up. You know, let's, let's uh, re tinker in the summer. We might need to you know, somebody trade Jalen Brown. Uh, Somebody trade Jason Tatum, whatever. Um, And the Celtics have turned it around and they're playing like the team we thought. Um, And then the Mavericks, they're like, I have to give it up to Jason Kidd once again. It seems like he's changed a bit too, like changed his coaching style. Like he's letting younger guys develop, whereas Rick Carlisle would just yank young guys the minute they made a mistake. Even if it was a mistake, that wasn't their fault, right? Um, Jason Kidd has led, like, early in the season i think two things with the mavericks also like it the new the mavericks turned it around starting in the new year i also think it's not a coincidence that that turnaround happened once luka was in shape and was healthy cuz he's he was out of shape early he was dealing with like an Haley. ankle injury and since the new year luka's offense Luca's numbers across the board have just been back to the first team all nba level that we've known right and so, uh, the Mavericks are very, very, very interesting to me.
0: Yeah. I, I agree with you there. I think to me, the other team that I'm looking at is the Bulls. I want to see what happens when they get healthy and like, if they can recapture what they had in the earlier season.
1: Yeah. Um, I, I the Bulls are another, the Bulls. Yeah. They are, uh, another team I'm watching because I still think they are missing like one more person. Like they have, they have great players, DeMar DeRozan and Zach Levine are they a, made a tra- They
0: made a trade. I don't remember what it was, but I remember thinking like, man, that's a good trade. It was either a trade or they picked someone up. I not um, They was.
1: picked up Tristan Thompson, but I don't think that's, that's right. They, I don't no, I that's... actually
0: really like that. You actually... I think, it, I think it gives them a needed kind of inside no, presence. Tristan Thompson's like... washed. Really? He's
1: washed. He's... He's, been wa- think... he's been washed for like five years now, and he was washed earlier this season in Sacramento. Like,
0: I mean but I think that it comes with a thing of when you're playing for a bad team and you're a vet like you just don't care, right?
1: Yeah, no, I think he's washed.
0: <laughs> I, See, I, I think I think in a in a limited backup role, I think he can provide valuable minutes.
1: Like maybe 5. Like I I think he he's washed. Like Boston he was washed. The last year of Cleveland was like his really okay season, but like Boston, he was washed. Sacramento, he was washed. Um, I I mean, sure, like, he's better than Tony Bradley, so he might be able to back up Vucevic for a little bit, but, like, I I just think the Bulls just needed one more, like, impact type uh, of player. Like a Patrick – like, yeah, Patrick Williams for sure. Um, Vucevic's recent emergence is a good sign because – I think I thought the bulls were really going nowhere. Vooch just continued to play like Greg Oyster tag earlier in the season. Um, but that's another team I'm watching because uh, I do think they could take some teams in the Eastern conference. And that's the thing with the Eastern conference. It's wide open, but I just think they are missing one more horse, so to speak to come out of the East. Cause yeah, I would I, still I take, um, I'm looking at Miami like Miami nobody nobody has talked about the heat and it's not one of those like internet things where people are like nobody's talking about this team but oh wait everybody's talking about this team like nobody is talking about the Miami heat and I heard this crazy stat also from Zach Lowe um the the what was it the the four players Butler Lowry Bam Adebayo and Tyler Hero have played a combined 59 minutes together the entire season.
0: Yeah, that's kind of wild.
1: That is what the Heat have had so many injuries, COVID, all this stuff, and the Heat are still churning out win after win after win.
0: They're gonna be scary.
1: They're they are gonna be so like they they're gonna be a bitch to play in a series too. Because even even though I think they're some of it is kind of fake tough guy shit that they do with their heat culture garbage, they have a lot of really physical defenders that'll just maul you for an entire seven game series. Heat culture, bro. Heat. I'm. Uh. <laughs> oh, we, let's <laughs> let's go wake up at four in the morning and work out and post it on Instagram. Yeah. dude. <laughs> <laughs>
0: and then the will think at the I'll
1: show up at your house and knock on your door, be at four in the morning, like, "Hey, Chris, let's go heat culture, bro." <laughs> that's that Kobe shit. That's you know <laughs> that Mamba mentality. <laughs> um, but yeah, the the East is just so much more fascinating to me than the West. Like, yeah, I think the West, like, play and race, is also interesting too. Um, but like. If you just look at the east man like one through six is separated by four and a half games and that's with the raptors also another team that has turned it around from an uneven start to the season and then being like i think at one point they were like six games under 500 um they've turned it around they're five games out of the first spot and the 76ers the biggest wild card of it all like they're adding james harden to the mix like yeah. And so the Sixers how have vaulted into contendership too. Like
0: I'm curious to see how fast that transition takes.
1: Yeah, it's it's funny seeing like it's funny seeing people, and I'm not trying to make this part two of like my rant of going off on people who doubted Maury pulling off a trade like this, right, from the last episode. But like we can both agree that Harden is on the back nine of his prime, right? Like he's yeah. not the same. 36 points per game score that he was in Houston. He can do
0: it in stretches, but he's not the consistent guy he yeah, was before. Yeah,
1: like he's not going to score over 35 points in 30 straight fucking games, right? Or whatever that crazy streak was he had in the 2018-19 season. Um This version of James Harden, this version of James Harden is still really really fucking good. Like early in the season before the new year, James Harden was averaging like twenty two eleven and eight, which is still, by the way, All Star level numbers. <laughs> like the efficiency was down, but averaging twenty two eleven and eight, like that's not that's not that's not nothing to sneeze at. But since that time, well, in the time after the new year and before he stopped before he stopped trying, <laughs> um, yeah. he averaged twenty five eleven and eight on like fifty eight percent true shooting. Like that is. That is like an all-time great season for other players in their career, and people are hemming and hawing like, oh, people are acting like it's the same James Harden. No, no, we're not acting like it's the same James Harden. We know he's on the decline, but it's also clear that he wasn't trying in Brooklyn for the last two weeks before the trade deadline. Last year, remember when he first got traded from Houston to Brooklyn, he got what he wanted, and he was like on the fringe MVP discussion.
0: Yeah, he was going off.
1: He was going like and it wasn't through scoring. Like he averaged like twenty six and like eleven assists. And like it's just like adding a player like James Harden, even on the downside of his career, in place of Ben Simmons and Seth Curry, like that is you're adding that on top of Joel Embiid, who just dropped forty two fourteen and five against the Bucks, like last Thursday. Yeah, like I don't understand like the logic, the logic is of none. like, I mean, yes, the, the fit will be tricky. I'm interested to see what type of def- defense the Sixers will play that what type of defensive scheme they'll employ because Harden likes to switch because he's a terrible defender and bead likes to play drop coverage because you don't want him switching out there all the time, even though he can do it from time to time. Uh, offensively, what is Harden going to do off ball? winning beads on the block. There's legitimate fit questions, but the type of player the Sixers got is still like a top 10 to 15 player in the league. Yeah. You no, want to I totally agree with you. Um it was funny. So uh some of my I mentioned earlier in the pod, some of my friends came to visit. One of them uh one of them uh arrived early. He arrived on like Wednesday and like he he hasn't really followed the NBA since like 2014, basically since Kevin Durant signed with the Warriors. And you know, he was asking me like, "Oh, hey, like, you know, um, because I lost the Ben Simmons trade bet with my friends." And so I told sure. him that, you know, and he, 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 I told him what happened, and he was asking me, you know, what's going on in the NBA and stuff like that. And you know, I was telling him about Joel Embiid, and I felt like I was a I was that parent that was, like, overhyping their kid, but, like, you know, like, when you overhype something that you know is great, but you still feel like you're overhyping it too much, you have to let them see it for themselves, so, like, that Wednesday, I was telling them about Joel Embiid and his season and stuff like that, and, um, I could tell, like, like he knew Joel Embiid was good, but I could tell he was like, okay, is he really g- as good as Jordan says he is? And so then the next day, the Thursday, um, you know, I wanted to watch the Sixers bucks game. And so he was like, yeah, I'm down to watch it. And so we were watching it. And we were just watching Embiid just absolutely throw the entire state of Wisconsin into the Pacific uh, into ocean. Into the rim. Yeah. yeah. Into the ocean. Like he just tossed it, tossed the whole state into the ocean like, he was doing pull-up threes. He did it. He did a pull-up he did a, a, yeah, a, a two-for-one. And, and he did a hardened step back, but he pulled up for three in transition at the end of the first half on a two-for-one and made it. And I, it was, this guy is special, man. And you're giving this guy fucking James Harden and you mean to tell me that Maury lost the trade or got fleeced? Like, I'm sorry, kiss my ass. <laughs> The fan in um, me is taking over again. Kiss my ass. Like no, <laughs> <laughs> like no. That's that's ridiculous. There's fit concerns for sure, but we added James Harden. Two more days until Harden Day, baby.
0: Yeah, man. I'm glad. I'm glad that you, we're gonna actually get to see this happen.
1: I know. I'm so excited for you. Like, you you know how blown Embiid's mind is going to be when he sees the primary ball handler pull up off of his screen for a pull-up three. He's going to be like, holy shit. (laughs) Like, I've never experienced this. Like, Tyrese Maxey did it a few times this year, but we're going to have two guards that can dribble, make a layup at the same time, and shoot off the dribble. That's going to be wild to me. So – I really like I really like the makeup of the Sixers team. I I really do like. I'm back in on them being like a full contender. Like I think they could win it this year. I really do.
0: Uh, Jordan's on the Jordan's on the on the bandwagon. He's back oh, yeah. in.
1: I'm drinking the Kool Aid. Like I I think they are in the class of Milwaukee. I I'm not. I, there are some concerns I have with Milwaukee with how they're playing, but I think by the playoffs, they're going to round it out. I think it's more so, let's get to the playoffs. Giannis has been incredible this year, um, again. But um, I think the Bucks, the Sixers, and the Heat, and I don't even want to talk about the Brooklyn Nets because I don't know what the fuck's going to happen with the Nets. Like, yeah. if they are I'm, fully healthy I mean, by the he... end of the season, I will consider putting them back in the contender tier because Kevin Durant's that great. But, like... There's a lot of questions with the Nets where I'm just like I, like everybody's talking about the Nets like if Brooklyn this, if Brooklyn that. That's too many ifs for me, dog. Yeah,
0: I need to see I just need I need a week of seeing what Ben Simmons looks like and then yeah. then I'll make a decision.
1: But even in the playoffs, I have concerns cuz I've seen it for three playoffs now. Three out of the four playoffs cuz Ben didn't play in the bubble cuz he was hurt, but I've seen it for three playoffs like eventually as the series progresses, Simmons is just going to reduce his role on offense and then retreat to the dunker spot. Now, Kevin Durant alleviates some of that, but he's going to have to contribute at some point. And it's just funny seeing Nets fans go through what early six, what Sixers fans went through early in Ben Simmons' career. Like, oh, Kyle, like there's video today it was like Kyle Korver's working with Ben Simmons and. In Brooklyn Nets practice working with him on a shooting and people were like oh if he could just get that jump shot down and I'm sitting there like ah oh no so that's what we were like <laughs> you know
0: yeah now Jordan, Jordan see the other side now
1: yeah it's kind of weird now like seeing the other side of it and early on in his career like I think the belief was justifiable because Ben was younger yeah, and no, you could, now, you could be like, now at this point, he's, he yeah, is who he is. I think he is who he is, and I don't think he's ever going to shoot. Like, we could legitimately, if Ben even decides to play this year, we could legitimately see some games where Ben Simmons has, like, 20 assists and, like, two shots. I mean, to be
0: fair, he's now playing for the team that that's okay.
1: Yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. Like, we're literally we're probably going to see that because I don't think he's interested in – taking jump shots or taking free throws but he provides a lot so much other he provides a lot and covers a lot for the net's weaknesses like I still think Ben Simmons is a good really good player by the way like I'm not like a maybe if I was born and raised in Philadelphia my feelings would be different but I'm kind of like okay like yeah I'm pissed that he spurned my team like that and that he didn't talk to his teammates and kind of just left unacrimoniously in Philadelphia right um, but like, I still like watching him. I liked watching him in college. I think he's a interesting, weird, unique player, but he had fatal flaws that were detrimental, refused to develop his game. And just one of those things where both things can be true. I like watching him play and I think he could legitimately provide some stuff for the Nets. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, we'll have to see. Yeah. Um, I think, I think that's it. Really kind of covered no, We it. have to, um. Uh,
1: we have no. We have to do a All Star Break awards. I know you are hungry. Okay. Um, oh, no, go for it. <laughs> um. So, who are your top off the top of your dome?
0: Who My are MVP? your
1: Who are your top three for MVP?
0: So, for me, I have yeah, I have um Embiid is a clear one. I have Jokic in there. And then I do actually put DeMar DeRozan in there as my top three.
1: Ooh, DeMar DeRozan over Giannis. I actually
0: just, I think that he's doing, I, I don't, I, it's close. It's very close.
1: I think, I think there's a clear top three. And I think the top three is closer than, um, I, I would have him, I would have him bead one. I would have Giannis two, and then Jokic three. Like Giannis is the front runner to me for Defensive Player of the Year. Um, on top of you know averaging twenty nine eleven and six, and I would have Demar Derozan. I might have Demar Derozan fourth or fifth, but I still i I have Steph in the top five, and I know that's unpopular these days. And he's been because Steph has been slumping like yeah. no other but Steph is still averaging 26 on like 60% true shooting and we all know his on-off numbers with the Warriors are nuts um well I, there's
0: a great excerpt if you go back and you watch there's an excerpt from uh there's an excerpt from Thinking Basketball the Thinking Basketball podcast where they're talking about his on-off numbers and it's actually pretty Shocking that like even with uh, even with his slump the numbers are actually pretty similar Mm -hmm. uh and it comes down to the idea and i think i talked about this earlier it's the idea of reputational gravity not so much what he's doing right now but just his reputation um and so it really doesn't matter if he's slumping or not he's still providing it it
1: doesn't because we all know at any point he can go off who knows Maybe this All Star game triggered like the floodgates to open because we all he there. I just cannot believe. Even, I just cannot believe he's going to finish the season not shooting forty percent from three. Like, like it's gonna it's gonna correct itself at some point in this. Stretch. Yeah, just
0: all of averages, right?
1: Yeah. And even if he finishes the year as, like, a 39% three-point shooter, are defenses really going to change how they cover Steph Curry for the rest of no, his career? No, that's, that's the
0: whole point, right? <laughs> it's the idea that, like, just based on reputation, it doesn't matter if he's making them or missing them. It's like the Barry Bonds thing, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, the, uh, I don't know if if you've watched this. It's a hidden base video that was out for years, and it's a pretty famous one, of um Barry Bonds if he didn't have a bat. Right, so like, mm-hmm. if if pitchers thought he had a bat, but he actually just couldn't—he had no bat, so he couldn't swing, right? Yeah. And so just based on reputation... For a second,
1: of- I literally thought you meant he, like he didn't have a bat in his hands. Like no, no he just I went Have, there you, have watched? Have you watched this video? I have not have watched you? this video. You so, might have to so link it to me.
0: The concept of the video is you take Barry Bonds's career, or at least like the years that he was going off, right? And mm-hmm. you take those years, and you basically say, okay, the pitchers don't change how they view him right like he still has a bat but technically but in reality he doesn't have a bat so he yep. can't swing mm. so all of this all of his swings are misses. are are, miss- are are strikes or balls or whatever right yep so they took all that data and they put it in a thing he still based on reputation alone based on the walk percentages and everything else was leading the league in on-base percentage
1: <laughs> it's a fucking joke that he's not in the hall of fame man
0: 100 percent, but yeah so like side note like it's a a similar thing here that we're talking about yeah with steph with steph where it, it doesn't matter if he's making or missing or even if he can can shoot at all it just matters of what his reputation is and whether or not teams want to guard him that same way or like still pay him that same respect right
1: and look it's anecdotal but especially if you go to reddit or like twitter or whatever but people just scoff at the fact that people will still have steph in their top five and to me it's like what's the beef here like He's still averaging, I'm going to pull up his numbers right now. Like he's still, he's still averaging, let's see, he's still averaging 26, five rebounds and six assists per game. He's shooting 38% from three, which is by far his career low, which is wild that it's by far his career low. Um, But he's still shooting, he still is at a 60 true shooting percentage. And his offensive impact is astronomical. Still, on a team that is forty-two and seventeen, they have the second-best record in the league. Like, yeah. so I think, why well, me, isn't he in the MVP discussion again?
0: I still think it's fair to put him in the discussion. I just think that I just think there's a, a little clear more top three. I think people put they put a little more respect on DeMar DeRozan right now. Oh yeah, no,
1: DeMar DeRozan. I would put him probably fourth, and Steph fifth. Um I yeah, could probably I... fifth flip-flop between the two but DeMar DeRozan his fourth quarter one he the tear he was on weeks before the All-Star break was fucking ridiculous. Yeah. Also his fourth quarter scoring is also equally fucking ridiculous. Like he is literally the king of the fourth, the king of the mid-range. Like he has been Absolutely way, awesome side, this year.
0: Side note: Do you see Luca and Jokic freaking out about his mid-range percentages? Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> fantastic. I, you, like uh... <laughs> my favorite, my favorite part of the video when he goes like nineteen, like twenty shots. You don't miss one. He's like, I hey, missed one. He goes in a game. <laughs> yeah, there's a pause and he goes in a game.
1: Yep, <laughs> yep. Yeah, yeah. I saw. Well, somebody quote tweeted that video and was like, "Luca's recruiting skills are shit. We're cooked." <laughs> <laughs> um. But yeah, those those would be my five. I just to me like the top 3. Those are the, those are been the three best players in the NBA to me, Giannis, Jokic, and Embiid. I think Embiid's been the best um since probably mid mid late December. Um and then DeMar's in there. It's wild cuz earlier in the season we were like Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, like Draymond Green was my front runner for defensive player of the year before he missed time with this calf slash back injury. Um, the league is just super talented. I realized like, it's just, yeah. it's super talented.
0: This is, this is the most talent we've seen like packed top to bottom in the league in a while.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep. Um. So, and you know, all the teams have great records. Jokic is carrying the nuggets without, Jamal Murray or Michael Porter Jr. Giannis has carried the Bucks with Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton missing time oh and by the way I have to say this really quickly too we need to stop saying that great players all-time great players from this era wouldn't be able to play in the 90s or the early 2000s great probably after The merger, the 74 season, you could take any all-time great player from any era and transfer them to any era. And the reason I bring this up is because Tracy McGrady said some dumbass comments, and I think they are absolutely absurd about Giannis and how he would fare in the early 2000s because he couldn't shoot and all that stuff. People are acting like every team in the 90s was just stocked with these big, burly power forwards that would just knock you on your ass when really it was like two or three teams we remember From that era that had a load of those guys, right?
0: I would say that I would say the early 2000s were the power forward era because that was that was when you had like look, you had KG, KG, you had Chris Weber, Tim Dirt, Rashid Rashid Wallace, Wallace, all those guys,
1: right? But like Giannis was bigger than all those guys, he's like 260. And like in in the the 90s, like, yes, the spacing was cramped. We get that, Giannis it Giannis has succeeded in part because of spacing, but what great doesn't succeed because of spacing? Like, are you going to tell me that Hakeem Olajuwon would have been different on a Rockets team that didn't have the four in for it? Cause remember the nineties Rockets were one of the early teams that was doing the four in four out. Right? Yeah. So you mean to tell me that Hakeem Olajuwon wouldn't have been as great because he just didn't have shooting around him. Giannis would have been a great player in any era. The guy is one of the best in NBA history at attacking the rim and putting pressure on the rim, and he's also an all-time great defensive player. So, like, he would still be an all-time great in McGrady's era or in the 90s or in the 80s. Like, we need to stop doing – it's the reverse argument of what Oscar Robinson did with uh, Steph Curry. Like, oh, the coaches just let him run around and shoot threes. You just need to stop Steph. Oh, stop, Steph. That sounds so simple. You made it sound so simple, Oscar. Good job. Like, yeah. to me, it's no different than that. Like, Giannis needs, th- Giannis is a top 35 player ever, and those players can transfer in any era, period. Okay, will he, will he, is he going to average 29 points per game in the 90s? No, he might average like 28 or 27 because the efficiency around the league was just lower. That's just what it was. But like Giannis would still be averaging like over twenty five and fucking twelve and five assists. Like it, he would have adjusted. All the greats adjust. So like that's that was just my that was just my mini rant.
0: I'm with you hundred percent. Like could you imagine Magic with spacing?
1: Yeah. Could you imagine? <laughs> get, look, <laughs> like that would be so ridiculous. Like could you imagine like and we talked about this too. Like could you imagine like if, even Larry Bird or like Gilbert Arenas in this era? where there's ball dominant guards like he was the early prototype he would have dominated like yeah, like, like players can there I don't there know, are players I, have, who can transfer up to an era and I think there are some players who wouldn't last in previous eras but I think all-time greats they can play in any era like Larry Bird Kareem
0: Yeah I think if you take if you take the majority of that that everyone that we saw on on Sunday at that 75th anniversary ceremony like majority of them can play in any era Yeah you could take a majority of those dudes and like yeah you just put them anywhere
1: yeah, the Oak like, Hitch, I don't know. I, I,
0: like, if you have you gone back and watched like old Showtime Laker games, where it's like, and when they're in the half court, it's just oh, magic three backing dudes down. In the
1: pain.
0: Yeah, they're just magic backing down like a small guard. And you're like, this is an easy layup, but Kareem's in the paint. Were Worthy's, Worthy's, in, the Worthy's paint. in the paint? For some reason, they have Byron Scott on the not not on the not in the corner, but he's but like on the strong in, side. <laughs> on the yeah, on the strong side of the wing, and you're like, why? <laughs> like guys just like yeah. and the thing is like it's so funny cuz it's so looking at it from like today's perspective it's so easy to just say like guys James go on the go <laughs> go to the weak site Like Byron, go clear out, the clear out weak side, like, and then just let Magic cook. like this is literally such an easy
1: run high screen and
0: rolls. Yeah, like this is (laughs) this is so easy (laughs) to solve this problem, and you still have run high
1: screens with Kareem on eighty percent of the possessions.
0: (laughs) Yeah, because they can't, and then as soon as as they dive in on Magic, then you just give to Kareem for a sky. Like it's so easy, right? Yeah, (laughs)
1: like Derek Coleman. I know that's like a name nobody's heard of forever. Derek Coleman in his early Nets career. Averaged 18 and 11, right? And those were the late 90s. Giannis is 30 times fucking better than Derek Coleman. Giannis would have been able to, would have been fine in the 90s. Like, we need to stop. We need to stop with this. Like, just stop. That's yeah. all.
0: <laughs> no, I'm totally with you. And like, yeah, I, I was just, it's funny when every time I see people like talk about something, like I'm like, dude, if you just. <laughs> It, it the game has evolved because we've learned right like and so it's yep. something like we've just you can't you can't take today's knowledge and apply it to players back then like it doesn't work
1: like no that. it does no it it doesn't except for like like the only like the only time I would say I would say yes for this is like the pre-merger like if he just Bob Cousy just couldn't dribble with his left hand like if you put Bob Cousy in today's era like transfer Bob Cousy from the 40s or sorry, not the forties, like the fifties and sixties and take, put him in this era, he would get annihilated, like roasted. Right. But like, yeah. if you put, if you give magic, if you give magic and bird the modern day training and stuff. Yeah. And I think
0: I honestly too, I, I think the same goes for Koozie too. If like, if you just give him monetary, training, cause remember back then, like you had to, the rules are different. Like people always make fun of the dribbling in front thing. It's like, that's the rule you have. That's the rule. Like you had to dribble like that. That was part of the rule was it? Yeah, so flat-handed dribbling was a thing. You couldn't turn your wrist at all. So you had to dribble in front and the ref had to see it was flat.
1: Yeah. And well, I'm going I'm going to have to look that up then. Um, not that I don't believe you, but I just I just want to see what the rules yeah, in that probably. time were like. Um, but players like that, I, yeah, they yeah, I it depends, but like all-time greats post merger I think could play in any era, like up and down. So
0: yeah. I'm trying to find this rule. We're all it for you. But yeah, essentially what it was, was there, uh, there were strict rules about palming back then. Mm-hmm. And so you couldn't turn your wrist at all. It had to be flat. So in order to make sure that that was the case, you'd have to dribble in front of yourself. Right. Okay. So that was... that,
1: okay. Um, yeah, because players we have seen players take a lot of liberty with uh, <laughs> with the wrist turning with uh, some of these uncalled carries. Not to sound like old guy, Ooh, and then the fundamentals, and eh, eh, but like you know we've seen some players take some liberty with the carrying or like the lack of the, the liberty of the wrist turn and stuff like that. So. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, but again, like it's. But I still that, think like,
1: Cousy, even with tra- modern training and stuff, like I still think guys like in the fifties and sixties, like, well, like would you would... take
0: like, would you take Jerry West and, and like Elvin Baylor and you like, if you would give them modern Jerry training. West
1: is an, Jerry West and Pete Maravich are interesting ones, actually, to me. Pistol Pete's a beast. Don't... Yeah, Pistol Pete was yeah. Those <laughs> two, I think, could play, in this era if they had modern day training and stuff because they had this they had supreme skill um and Pete Maravich was like a knockdown shooter although he didn't really shoot that much um nobody really shot to the volume that people do now in today's time but like Jerry West and Pete Maravich I think could play in I think if you know they were born in 1991. But yeah, like if you yeah, if you if, yeah. you
0: if you made them born in like 2000, like are they are they still who they are or you know are they are they in the NBA today? I I think so, yes.
1: Yeah. Yeah, there's certainly players like that for sure. Yeah.
0: Like I Wilt, think El is the same way. Wilt
1: Wilt could definitely play in any era. Yeah. Bill Russell, I think he would be
0: He'll also be a good. power forward.
1: Yeah, he. That's the other thing too. He would really be a power forward. He was like six nine. Yeah. Um, I think he would be good. I don't know how great he would be. I don't know how all time great he would be. Probably not top ten. But um, he don't have you eleven know. chips though. What? He
0: doesn't have eleven chips. Yeah, he There's wouldn't no have way. eleven chips.
1: But you know, we gotta respect the era and when we're doing the all time rankings, which yeah, I get. 100%. But uh, if we're just keeping it a buck, like I just think a lot of these players from the fifties and sixties just. We crumbled into dust. Right. But, yeah. All right. Well,
0: I think that's uh, that's it. So, uh, yeah. I guess we'll uh, pick it up next week.
1: Next Monday. Hoops All right, guys. are back, baby.
0: We are. We're getting back in the swing of things after the All-Star break. And uh, we'll see you guys next week.
1: The B.O.B. Bound the weapon, the 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 the weap, the weap, the weap, the weap, the weap,